You guys know that I've joined the Motivated CEO podcast to the podcast Her Network. It's really been a game changer for the fast track to growing this podcast. And I am so excited to tell you that they are opening their doors right now for you to come and join too. If you want to learn more, join the founder, Joanne Bolt, and myself at the upcoming live masterclass, Three-Step Visibility Engine, by registering at podcasther.com forward slash masterclass. Are you ready to take your business to the next level and make the money you want so that you can create the impact you desire? Then you're in the right place. It's possible to run a successful business built around your life. Get ready for a little bit of tough love and a whole lot of strategy to grow your business without sacrificing your sanity. If you're ready to get out of your own way and step into the role of CEO, then let's go. I'm Amy Tra, and this is the Motivated CEO Podcast. Welcome back into the Motivated CEO Podcast. Today's guest, Oh, I am so excited to have her on. I've been waiting for this forever, but the stars have finally aligned. Jess is just amazing. Absolutely amazing at everything she does. She has truly transformed my business and I just cannot edify her enough because of the role she has played in my business evolution. So we are talking about all of the things in today's episode, including launching, which can feel very heavy and Personally, it's something I've been through as well. I used to dread it. And she's really helped shift my perspective on launching. So with that being said, Jess, welcome into the podcast. Amy, thanks for having me. This is such a blast. I'm so excited to be here. Yay. All right. Before we dive in, tell us all the things, who you oh, are, gosh. what you do, and who you serve. This is always fun. I'm like, how far back do I go? Right, right. Um, like you said, I'm Jess Glazer DeRose. I'm the CEO and founder of Digital Business Evolution, which is really a one-stop digital education shop for helping everyday people extract lessons they've learned over life, transformations they've been through, skill sets they have, unique perspective, and really package it up into digital education products. So think courses, coaching programs, uh, memberships, masterminds, stuff like that. And we specialize in organic launching, meaning you don't need to do paid ads and you don't have to have a big following. You don't need to be doing one-on-one -on -one calls. So that's really what we do and who I am. I've got lots of titles. I'm a, an investor. I'm a philanthropist. Um, I'm a dog mom. I think that's the most important title that I hold. <laughs> Love seeing the pictures of Montana online. Yeah, yeah but really I'm, I'm, I'm no different than anyone listening to this episode. I went to school for my doctorate of physical therapy. In my first year of my doctorate, I dropped out. So dropped out of grad school. I then went to fashion school, lived on my brother's couch on the Upper East Side in New York for a year, classic early 20s move. And I ended up teaching elementary school phys ed and health for eight years, which was like a fallback, 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 fallback plan. So I was a school teacher and worked as a personal trainer for 18 years, which is crazy to think about. Um, so I, I've lived a lot of lives. I've done a lot of things, lots of bartending, lots of waitressing, and, and really just doing whatever I need to do to make ends meet. But here we are today, seven years full-time as an entrepreneur and 12 all in, including the five years of side hustle. I love it. Isn't it yeah. so crazy when you reflect back on the journey? how it totally makes sense. You used skills from every single one of those pivots, those transformations yeah. that you went through. 
And those were the building blocks that have led you to where you are today. Now yeah, but the numbers, they don't add up because I'm only 19. <laughs> so like, I'm not sure how that all happened. No, I'm kidding. I'm 40, but I'm like, where did all the time right. go? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think the same thing. I'm like, oh, I, I, I can't, you know, it, it's not time for that reunion. It's not, you know, like, this is not okay. Like time is flying by. I need it to slow down a little bit. Yeah. Uh, but something I that really is weighing on a lot of entrepreneurs in the online space right now is the heavy feeling that we associate with launching. Mm. And you were totally an integral piece in changing my perspective. I think the first time I was ever introduced to you was back in like 2021 or 2022. And I went to one of your DBE live events, this like oh, massive wow. like free training event. And I'm like, oh, a friend recommended it. Okay, I'm just gonna go, I'll see what it's about. And yeah. that event literally like transformed my mindset gave me wow. some really interesting perspectives and i think it's really relevant especially now in the online space we're seeing all of these instant successes and okay you need to be making 10k a month to be successful mm -hmm. quote unquote all of these things but you have this beautiful way of alleviating the heaviness that goes into a launch so first of all why do you think most entrepreneurs feel like launching is just so heavy, so draining. Yeah. Oh gosh. I think there's a lot of things here. I think first would be that's sort of the, that is the narrative that we collectively have sort of created. So it somewhat becomes your expectation going into it. Like most people just expect that a launch is going to be hard or heavy. I think that there's also a, a misunderstanding with what that means. So I had done a podcast recording a long time ago. I don't remember when it was. But I was talking about how we were in a crazy season of business, the team and I, and we had made the conscious decision to be very mindful of our words, right? We don't want to say busy. We don't want to say heavy. We don't want to say hard. But really what we realized was something can be big and it doesn't have to feel heavy, right? Like, like think about that for a second. It can be really big, like a kite is really large, but it's not heavy, so if you can sort of reframe the way that you're looking at, whether it's a launch or a relationship, a conversation that you have to have, the heaviness and the hardness is actually a choice. I actually had a pretty difficult conversation a week ago with someone whom I look up to and admire so much. And he reflected back to me because I started the conversation by saying, this is a really difficult conversation for me to have. This is really hard. And he said, well, it will only be as hard as you make it. It doesn't have to be hard. And I was like, ah, touche, yes. <laughs> touche, you know, and you're like, wait a minute, it actually doesn't have to be hard. So I think the first thing is that we're hearing that launches are hard or heavy. And the reason that we're hearing that likely is because people have tried them and they didn't get the result that they anticipated. So then they equated the lack of result, which was just based on an expectation they had, not reality, the lack of result with now that thing is hard or that thing is heavy but it's really not hard or heavy. Now, not taking away, if you do create an expectation for yourself, let's say you expect to enroll three people or make $10,000 or make $100. When your result doesn't line up with your expectation, you're oftentimes left disappointed, right? Because our expectations will equal the experience that we have. And if you've ever read the book, Expectation Hangover by Christine Hassler. It's a phenomenal book. She talks about the idea of how an expectation is a promise that you made, whether it's with yourself or another person, that was never actually signed off on. So it's this, it's this one-sided promise that the other person, even if it's yourself, didn't actually agree on, and then it's broken. 
So it's a promise that was never made that then begets, becomes broken. And you're sort of left in the dust going, it didn't work. I'm mad. I'm angry. I'm frustrated. That was hard. It was heavy. When the reality of it is, was it? Or did you just not get out of it what you expected? And were your expectations even realistic, which most people's aren't, thanks to the internet. The internet's a great place. But when we see other people doing things that look easy or effortless or seem to have been working for them, but we're missing a huge piece of context here, right? Then we just assume, well, if Amy did it, then I should be able to do it. Or if Jess just had you know, a six-figure launch, then I can have a six-figure launch. But without context, and this is where marketing can sometimes get a little a little gray because people will say things and I maybe have in the past too, but they'll say things like, you know, um, I just had a $50,000 launch with 200 people on my email list. And the, the way that you're reading it is sort of, so now you can too. So read this post and you'll be able to do it too. But what you might not hear is the 11 launches before that were silent or 5k, or maybe they had an email list of 200 but they spent $30,000 on ads, or maybe they had affiliates helping them, or maybe they just had eight years of corporate experience in that particular industry or a similar type of industry where they honed those skill sets. So, and I can go on and on with that, but without context, we're doing ourselves a disservice in some of these posts that we read of how to, and what I did and what my client was able to do in 13 days. And it's like, wait a minute, hold on without context. Um, that can be really setting us up uh, or putting us in a position to set ourselves up for ultimately disappointment. So are launches heavy and hard? No. And the other thing that I would say too, is when I talk about how like the collective narrative sort of has shifted to launches are heavy and hard, my belief, because I've been in this industry for 12 years, so I'm like a grandma, is that um, there are more and more people in this industry now than there ever have been. So there's a lot of saturation, not a bad thing. We could talk about that. Saturation is a really good thing. But the more people that come into play, the less people will do quote unquote win. And I don't actually mean that. There's plenty of room at the table for everybody. There's pie for everyone. But at the same time, when there are more people trying, the bell curve such is, just like in school, more people will quit, more people will fail, more people will stop, right? And so by nature, less people end up sort of at the top. And I'm saying that with quotes again, whatever that means, success, win, top, like there's no actual hierarchy here. So the message that is out has now become more prevalent. More people are saying it's hard because it's not working for them or they didn't get the result that they expected. And on the flip side of that coin, and I'll end it here because I'm talking a lot, is that unfortunately in any industry this happens, we're in a space in the coaching industry, specifically in digital marketing, where people see that pain of launches are hard and heavy. And so now they're actually using that as their own marketing to sell their programs or products and basically say like, good news, you don't have to launch, come into my world and I'll teach you to do it without launching which in itself is a launch. So take your rose-colored lenses off. I'm not saying that's a bad or wrong way of doing business, but recognize marketing for what it is. It's marketing, no matter what they're marketing at. So I also think that there's a huge portion of the industry that's leaning on this common pain point, no, no different than a common pain point for people is sales, because unless you came from a sales industry, you probably don't feel good at sales and you worry that you're going to be sleazy and all these things. Which that's not the truth. You just haven't practiced that skill set yet. And so very similarly to how people lean on like 
You don't have to do sales calls. You don't need to build a sales team. I'll help you with the sales portion. There are also a lot of people marketing, like launches are dead. You don't have to do launches. The new trend is not launching. And that's by nature just can't, that literally cannot be true in business. <laughs> oh my gosh. So many things that you yeah. just said there, I want to unpack, but <laughs> it really comes down to the awareness piece, doing that inner work and not, and, and stepping back objectively to realize that, okay, it's our interpretation. Like you said, you know, the expectations that we set there, because when you look at the numbers, when you look at the raw data, those industry standards, a lot of time, we're thinking one thing, we're thinking, okay, I'm going to do this launch and I'm going to have this outcome. But let's talk about those industry standards, because that was something you brought up the other day when I was in your world, you're talking about, you know, for a live webinar, the mm -hmm. show up rate, industry standard, 10%, 10%. That, yeah, industry standard says if, and this is at scale. So right. if you're listening right now and you're like, oh, four people signed up for my webinar and all four came, like I'm a boss, that's 100%. Yes, that is always going to be true with smaller numbers. So the smaller your sample size is, the higher that percentage will be. But industry standard at scale, when you're talking about 1,000, 3,000, 10,000, 50,000, 100,000 people coming into like a webinar, a launch vehicle, a challenge, the industry standard is 10% live show up. And the funny thing is that's oftentimes how people even see in their paid programs it would be a little bit higher because generally people that are paying are going to make an effort to come. But if you have 20 people enroll in your program, chances are you're not really ever, aside from your welcome call, you're probably not going to have all 20 people on every call because they have lives and they're busy and they have other appointments and they have things to do and they forget and they just kind of don't care or the bell curve, they fall off, right? So if you know that an industry standard is something as low as that, 10%, it's actually your job to try to figure out you know, ask better questions, think outside the box. How can I get more people to come to this thing live? And the other thing that I would say too, just going back to what you were talking about, hard and heavy, just to go back for one second, we're meaning making machines. So when we don't understand something, we just like to make meaning out of it. And we attach a story to it so that we can ground it into ourselves and make sense of it. And so if you are feeling like a launch is hard or heavy, or you just had one and it didn't go your way, that awareness piece is something we talk about so much where it's pause, there's power in the pause, take a deep breath and see if you can find the awareness of what about it feels hard. Because if you really ask yourself, like, was writing the email hard? I don't think writing an email is hard. It might take effort, right? Maybe you're not great at copy yet. You really had to sit down and like put the blinders on to get it done because you're distracted by other things. But what about it felt heavy? Was, was showing up and doing what you love to do, presenting and teaching and coaching people heavy? Probably not. That's probably your favorite part. So is the heaviness coming from the way that you feel? And is the way that you feel disappointed, frustrated, let down, less than, not worthy, not valuable? What's the point? Why am I trying? And if it's the feelings that are making you feel that way, well, we get to change that, right? So that, that's that's an easy change. Yeah. Yeah. And it all starts with the awareness piece. And like you said, there's so much power in the pause, but because we've equated with working harder as giving us more results faster, we get stuck in this endless cycle of hustle that we don't take the time to pause because pausing feels counterintuitive. And we feel like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to get behind. If I stop, I'm going to get behind. No, 
we need to pause. We need to pause often because yeah. that gives you the opportunity and the space then to get curious in yeah. a non-judgmental way. And something you always say too is, you know, view your business like an experiment. To me, that is something that you said early on that like solidified it all in my brain. I'm like, oh my gosh, yeah. yeah. If I literally just view it as an experiment, take that step back, okay, this means nothing about me. I'm not turning into that meaning-making machine. It's just, okay, this is data. This doesn't determine my worth as a human. Yeah. This is data. And I can get curious yeah. and have fun. Absolutely. And that's the whole point. And when we think back to eighth grade science, I mean, I don't think any of us were going home uncertain of our value because the two potions we mixed together didn't explode. It was just kind of like, okay, try it again tomorrow with two different potions, you know, and maybe they will explode. And all you're doing is making a guess. That's your hypothesis. And then you're doing the experiment and you're collecting the data and you're just doing it on repeat. So yeah, when you can take that scientific approach and use the word interesting, oh, that's so interesting why that happened. It's interesting why that didn't happen. I wonder how I could change this. How could I get more people to show up live? Let me think about that. And the pause, I'm not a runner. I mean, I've, I've run, but I'm not a runner, but I would think, you know, when you look at someone running a marathon, 26.2 miles, it's a lot of miles. If they get a wicked leg cramp at mile, like, seven and they just try to keep on running through it, there's a good chance that they're probably going to have to stop. They might get injured. They're not going to make it off across the finish line in a particular time. But if they just stop at the mile seven, give themselves a minute to drink some water, stretch it out, foam roll it, then their chances are they'll be able to actually just like get right back to it and finish faster than if they tried to continue to push through limping. You know what I mean? It's like that, yeah. that kind of metaphor. Yeah. I love your metaphors and analogies. They just make everything make sense. I love it so much. And I think, you know, as kids, we always say, you know, things like that. It's interesting. We ask questions. We're curious. But then as adults, we shift into this very like closed mindset versus that growth mindset. I mean, reflecting back to what you said, like my eight-year-old all the time, she's like, well, that's interesting, you know? And she's like always observing her world around her. I'm like, yeah. I can really learn a lot from this little kid, you know? Yeah. Yeah, if we can approach life with curiosity, our businesses with curiosity and wonder, it can really catapult us forward because now yeah. we're getting curious, we're learning, we're seeing those opportunities that have been right in front of us the whole time, yet we're missing because we're so invested in what's not working that yeah. we're, we're forgetting to turn around and just see that open door that's right behind us that we're searching yeah. for that's in front of us. Oh, yeah, I love it. And so what you much. focus on, you find. Right. Right. Exactly. So if you're focusing on on the bad and the heavy and the hard and mm -hmm. what didn't happen and the people who didn't enroll, especially if people did enroll, when we have clients who are so upset about I didn't hit 10, but you enrolled three. And I'm like, hello, three people just invested in you. They're put their trust in you. Imagine how excited those three people are. They swipe their credit cards. They're so nervous. They're taking the leap. They're 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 finally taking action. If they knew that you were sitting on your couch upset about the seven who didn't join, like, is that fair? You know? Right. And then, and then that shift is kind of like, Ooh, yeah, I should be so grateful and excited for these three. They just took the hugest risk. And now I'm going to do everything to show up for them. Exactly. It's all about perspective. And the cool thing is we get to choose what that perspective is. And when you shift to that perspective of gratitude and like, how can I massively serve these individuals? 
then it gets easier. It gets lighter. And like we were talking the other day, it feels like less pressure because imagine if you had a hundred people enrolled, would you have the capacity to serve all of those? Because as you grow, so do the problems, so do the challenges, other things that you're not ready to navigate at this stage in business. And that's okay. It's that willingness to be a beginner again, to try it, to make it the best thing ever and see, okay, well, what worked? What didn't work? How can we make this even better so that the next round we have an even better experience and we can again start to amplify that and something that i think a lot of entrepreneurs are missing out on and i see this all the time is that we decide okay everybody's doing this thing i'm gonna launch something i'm gonna put it out there into the universe and then it's crickets and then like we assign all those meanings So I want to talk a little bit about the launch runway and why that is so important versus just deciding one day I'm going to have a seven figure business posting and nobody comes and you hear the (laughs) cricket. So let's talk about launch runway. Yeah. So I think the first thing we need to talk about real quick is just like what a launch is. So in business, I said before, by nature, you're always launching. You, you literally are always launching. You're in one of the phases of launch at all times. It's kind of like saying that if you're not in winter, you're not in a season. Yeah. No, no, no. You're in spring, summer, fall, or winter. Like you, you have to always be in one season. So it's the same thing in business. You're always in one season of launch. There's just different seasons of launch, similarly to nature. Sometimes you're behind the scenes, kind of hibernating, working on things quietly. Sometimes you're more in the foreground and you're making sales and you're out there and you're speaking and you're helping clients. Sometimes you're in the harvest, right? So there's there's literally different seasons. So first understanding that you're always launching, you're just in a different season or a different phase of the launch as you go. So that's number one. Number two, When you're moving through these different phases, runway happens to be the one that comes before the blossom or the sale. So think of runway as winter. So winter happens before spring. We get the blossom, all the flowers, everything's beautiful. So what's happening in runway, what should be happening, and I'm very mindful of using that word because I don't think there are shoulds, but there is a a concept of what should actually be happening during runway. What you should not be doing during runway is thinking that you're on this break where you're kicking your feet up and you're not showing up consistently and you're not nurturing your audience and you're not thinking about the next thing, but you're just taking into every day as it comes because you're like, cart doesn't open for another three months. I'm not launching until another three months from now. I don't have to worry about anything. I'm just going to cruise. You can totally do that, but good luck, right? What you would rather do is use the runway just like a plane does to build momentum and speed so that you can actually get off the air when you say the doors are open or when you put the offer out. Now, the runway is actually the most important part of a launch. This is actually where people are starting to say yes in their heads before you even offer them an opportunity to work with you. So in your runway time, this is where you would start to really seed the important information, like planting a seed, the important information for something that's coming. Because as a business owner, your job is to be one, two, three, four, six months ahead of your clients. So what I'm working on behind the scenes is actually what you won't see publicly for another like three months, but I'm already working on it. And I don't just mean sitting on Canva and making slideshows for something that's happening three months from now. I mean, I'm starting to talk about these things, these concepts, these theories, these buzzwords. I'm starting to bring in my opinion about things that I would 
want you to agree with. I'm not trying to change your mind. I'm standing up as a thought leader. And when you teach people how to think, they'll come back to learn. So it's my job to say, this is what I believe in. This is who I believe in. And this is how we do things in my company. These are my values. And if you're into that, you sort of organically start to kind of just follow along with that. So your runway ahead of time is where you're Number one, hopefully building new audience members, because you always want to be building new audience and community between launches. Otherwise, you're continuously launching to the same people. And after a while, they've already bought it or they're not interested. So it's your job in between launches to be building that community and audience while simultaneously starting to seed some of the information and words and theories and concepts and nurturing those people, giving them value, whether that's through email, text message, podcast, speaking engagements, you want to give them value about the thing that's coming. And this is where you would also shine light, not poke, shine light on potential pain they might be having or challenges, as well as potential opportunity for transformation. And that might be through your own storytelling. It might be through client result storytelling, but this is really important for all the storytelling to come into play. Now, a big mistake that most marketers make is they think that the day doors open to their program, then they're supposed to start hustling to convince people to buy it. And I always use the example of a proposal. No different than a proposal, right? When Mike proposed to me, I didn't say yes because of that night, because of the music that was on or the ring or the box or his clothing or anything like that. I already knew in my head that I was going to say yes when he would ask me. And the reason that I knew was because of the years that we had of nurturing experience, memories, going through hard times, going through good times, having difficult conversations, growing together. So all of these things leading up to it in your runway, even if it's a month or two, even if it's on the internet, right? With a stranger, that's essentially the time that you're spending with them where you're kind of dating and they're kind of making a decision in their head of, you know, if Amy was going to ask me out, I think I'm going to say yes. And then when you do, you're asking that person out is you saying, Hey, apply now. The doors are open by here. Come on in. They, they already have made that decision in their head because of the runway. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. Absolutely. It's about being intentional mm -hmm. and then presenting that invitation. It's not just an overnight thing. I love that analogy of proposing marriage because we've got it in our heads that, okay, I should just ask somebody and they should say yes. No. Have you taken the time to nurture? Have they gotten to know you? I mean, people now in the economy we're living in, they want to know that they're making the right investments for themselves yeah. because there's been a lot of, you know, integrity issues in the online space. A lot of people have gotten burned. So I think that is why this, this runway phase is so massively important and yeah. you can make it fun. It doesn't have to be something where you're doing all of these masterclasses every single day. No. no, you're just showing up as a human. And like you gave great examples about you're providing value, you're shining light on those, those transformations that you can provide for people. Yeah. You know, here's the problem. Here's the solution. Here's how I can be that, that bridge. Yeah. You're not selling every single day. Right. You're just presenting the solution so that, okay, when the opportunity is right, yeah, sign me exactly. up. Like I've bought into you. I love that. It's and, also mutually beneficial right. because as the business owner, runway is yes. the time where you get to test your messaging, mm -hmm. really listen to your audience. What are they actually asking for? Are you using the right tone, the right language, the right verbiage, or are you using industry jargon that's falling flat, right? So yeah. 
it's mutually beneficial in runway for you to be listening and really taking that feedback again as neutral. It's just data and tweaking things so that when you do present the invitation, you've got that on lock. Like you're speaking exactly how they would want you to be speaking. You have the offer exactly how they're looking for an offer. And I think that's something we forget to do. We forget to listen. We forget to take that feedback and listen to it. Mm-hmm. Because what, what's ending up happening right now is we're seeing the sea of sameness. Everybody's saying the same thing. Everybody's doing the same thing. That's not going to make you stand out. We need to know exactly what you said. Like, what do I stand for? What are my thoughts? What are my beliefs? How yeah. am I different? Because that's what draws those aligned clients in. Because our messaging, as much as we want to be adra- attracting those aligned clients, we don't want to be for everyone. And I think that's hard as humans to accept because it's primal, right? It's yeah. our brain. We want to be accepted by the tribe. Well, in business, you're not meant to be for everyone. In life, you're not meant to be for everyone. And that's okay. That is okay. And I think that's so important that we listen and look at that feedback to see, okay, do I need to make those little adjustments, not burn everything to the ground? What can I change? Because again, business is an experiment. And when you're looking at it from that objective lens, that's where you can really double down on what's working and grow in a Mm -hmm. way that feels fun, light, easy and build a business around your life. Oh, I love it. Now, something that you have coming up is one of my favorite things. I have gone to it multiple times. It's this completely free event that you do. It's called DBE Live. It's like a week of value, like two weeks. I don't even know how long it is. Like there's so (laughs) much value that you give away every single time. And I find myself like I've gone through your program and I still keep coming back because I, it's a good refresher on just some of those perspective shifts, getting back to the basics of, okay, how can I build this business in a way that feels good to me? So can you tell us a little bit more about DBE Live and this free experience coming up? Yeah, you hit the nail on the head when you said a refresher. So the way that I've really been talking about it this year is it's spring cleaning because it happens every year. It only happens once a year. We run it. It's this massive event, like you said, And it's sort of a spring cleaning for your business. So whether you're just at the beginning phases and you're looking to build, or you've already hit six, multiple six or even seven figures, it's a great thing to come back to, to just sort of reset yourself, do a spring cleaning in the business. And we use it every year in our company to make sure, hey, have we actually checked in with like our ideal client, our messaging? When was the last time we talked about our niche? Where where do we stand right now on these things? Do we have any mindset stuff that needs to get cleaned up? So DBE Live, like you said, it's a free virtual event. We get thousands and thousands of people that come. It's a big party. I host it in a studio. So it's really fun. I get my like Britney Spears moment with my little microphone, (laughs) Um, but it's very intentional. So while it's a three-day event, we actually spread it across two weeks, like you said. And that's very intentional because I believe that we have infobesity. I believe we have a case of Mm consumptionitis. And what I mean by that is I know that we don't need more information. I know that we don't need more information. It's Googleable. It's everywhere. We've all downloaded the stuff that's collecting digital dust. We don't use it. We don't need more information. We need implementation. And so if I put these days back to back, I also know that chances are we wouldn't actually finish the content. We wouldn't implement the content. And so it's spread across two weeks intentionally so that you have time in between to do the homework, to implement. We run contests. We do giveaways. We have prizes. It's really fun. And like you said, we also do There's bonus trainings. I do opportunities for hot seat coaching. So you get to get coached by me. And it's just like a giant virtual party. 
And really it's for anyone who either is an aspiring coach, a service provider, an online marketer, or a current coach. And if you want the framework, the roadmap to plug into how to build a sustainable and scalable and profitable online business, we do, we give it all away, the whole thing. And we make it really easy to digest and we make it really, really fun. So we kick off on February 29th is our first day. I'm so excited. It's around the corner um, and we've been working on it for months. So I'm stoked to have everybody there. I am so excited for it too, because this is one of those things where you, you finish it and you go, I can't believe that was free. Like, (laughs) oh my gosh, like DBE live it's free, but it's better than courses I've paid thousands of dollars for. And if you put in the work, if you do the homework, because you include even a workbook to help us stay on track, stay accountable, to help us really unpack these things, you'll see results. If you put in the work, like Jess, you should be charging for this. Like it is (laughs) that stinking good. The amount of value that you give away. I mean, I can't tell you every single year I go to it, I have takeaways. I have massive transformations. I have these mindset shifts. I mean, it's a very holistic approach. It's not just, okay, we're just focusing on social media. We're just focusing on mindset. It's okay. Let's, let's look at this whole business picture because it's not just about one thing here or there. As you say, it's about creating a well-oiled machine in a way that feels good in a way that's in integrity in the online space and in a way that's sustainable. Yeah. Well, that's exactly what it is. You hit the nail on the head there. It's, it's, I'm not interested in helping you make money online. You can find a guru to do that. You can find a coach or an expert online to do that. I'm interested in helping you build a machine that makes you money, even if you're not working, right. Even, even if you need to step away for something with your family, even if you want to take a break. So um, that really is our approach. It's the holistic approach. And I appreciate what you've said. We actually have heard that hundreds and hundreds of times that it is better than people's programs they've paid for. Um, and we have had people have financial wins as well coming through DBE Live. They'll put screenshots up in the Facebook group. I made $5,000 yesterday with everything that you told me to do. And, you know, I finally took action and did a launch and I just ripped off the Band-Aid and it's working. And so, um, yeah, we do. We walk through everything and I'm so excited. The team and I are, like I said, we've been working real hard. We've got lots of fun things we're doing this year. Some new things we're bringing in, a brand new studio that we're at. So I would encourage anyone listening, if you're just even curious, um, to see what it's about, to see what online business could look like. If you think you have a whisper, like a, just a little nudge inside that you kind of want to get into some sort of coaching, you kind of want to help people with the transformation that you've been through, just come check it out. Exactly. There's no risk. Just sign up, come and join us. I'll be there. Jess will be there. Oh my gosh. It's so good. Jess, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to just share so much value with us today. Like, I just appreciate everything you do. You are a teacher at heart, and I just thank you so much. How can we get into your world and find out more about you? Yeah. Well, DBE Live, of course, would be great. Um, You'll definitely get a feel for how the team and I work when you come to that and just the community that we cultivate, which is the best people in the world like yourself. Um, But I hang out most on Instagram, so you can find me. It's I am Jessica DeRose. 
So the handle is I am Jessica DeRose. Come say hi, shoot me a DM. It's me in the DMs. I'll, I'll say hi. I'd love to voice memo back. And then I'd say the other best place would be our podcast. So we do two to three episodes per week. It's Digital Business Evolution. And that's with me, Jess DeRose. Um, you can find it anywhere that podcasts are. And then we're literally on every platform. So come find us on YouTube, wherever else you want to go. But Instagram and, and our podcast are our two biggies. Amazing. And everything will be linked up in the show notes. So check those out. Join us for a DBE Live. And again, Jess, thank you so much for being here today. Amy, thank you. And until next time, cheers to making the money you want so you can create the impact you desire. Are you loving what you're hearing? Do us a favor and hit that subscribe button so you don't miss an episode.